Hello, you're listening to Masterful Librarian Podcast with your host, Marion Royal, helping librarians achieve greater relevance, meaning, and impact in a rapidly changing world. Hello, librarians. Once again, I'm packing up and moving everything I own. And a few days ago, I was standing in my house looking around at stacks of boxes and things still to be packed, and and I realized that it was time again to let go of accumulated stuff. It seems no matter how often I move and clear things out and pare things down, I've moved four times in five years, there is still more to clear out when I move. And it got me thinking about our libraries and how we in libraries so often hold on to things for far too long. And that's unfortunate because no one really benefits from what's no longer needed or useful or current. So today I'm going to talk about three areas that all librarians need to examine with an eye to letting go of of the old and making room for the new. And we can benefit when we make it a regular practice to um, to weed out, declutter, let go, and refresh. You can find the show notes for today at masterfullibrarian.com uh, slash EP-19. Are your shelves stuffed to the maximum and filled with books or videos from, oh, 20 or more years ago? If they are, it's time to do a serious weeding. This is, um, this is a necessary activity that we all know we need to do, but we may often put off because, well, it's time consuming and somewhat laborious. Um, weeding was never my favorite activity. And there may also be uh, institutional or community uh, obstructions to removing materials, like, for instance, a principal who thinks you shouldn't remove anything, regardless of how old or inaccurate, or community members who object to weeding out oh, racially offensive materials. So even so you should pursue ways to remove outdated, incorrect, damaged, and patently offensive materials from your library. Mounds of anecdotal evidence shows that having bookshelves that are only, oh, about half to three quarters full makes browsing materials easier and will actually increase circulation at least for a period of time. And this is especially true for younger children. Uh, A packed bookshelf makes looking at individual books difficult for small hands. So younger children and adults actually are drawn more to shelves that are not completely full and find it easier to locate materials that way. Hopefully, You have a documented policy and procedure in place that guides weeding of materials from your library. 
If you don't, I suggest you explore that as a possibility. It's always good to have an approved policy and procedure manual to um, support your actions in the library. But that's a topic for another episode. If there is no policy and you're getting pushback from anyone about removing materials, then consider going gorilla. Remove items one or two at a time and discard them somewhere away from the library. I've had so many books picked up out of trash cans by well-meaning custodians and and returned to my desk, even though they were marked discard all over them. But if you do this, just be sure to follow any state or local laws and regulations concerning the discarding of items that have been purchased with state monies or with taxpayer funds. You don't want to get on the wrong side of the law about that. When you look around your library, what do you see? Are your displays and posters so old that you forget when you put them up? Or maybe you didn't even put them up. They were put up by your predecessor. Have you got, oh, 75 or so stuffed animals that so many children have handled that their ears have frayed and their eyes have fallen off or they're just dirty? Do you maybe have artwork that's dull, age inappropriate, or uh, faded from years of hanging on the wall? Trust me, if you have pictures of former principals in a high school library or worn and possibly germ-ridden plushies in your space, you need to do some updating. If you have these things, it's time for a major decluttering and refreshing of your physical space. When I became a public library director, I inherited a children's department that was locally renowned for its elaborate Disney-themed motif and decorations. The children's room was a fantasy land, and when it was new, it was probably charming and beautiful. It was certainly well-loved by Uh, certain members of the community. But it wasn't so charming any longer. The construction paper decorations were faded and dusty and, wait for it, full of spiders and mouse droppings. Not to mention the epic level of licensing and trademark and copyright violation happening on those walls and shelves. After some consultation with my youth services staff, we decided to take it down and clear it out. They were so relieved. They had inherited it too. And when they took it down, when we took it down, we discovered that the room, which had previously seemed a little bit dark, it was a downstairs room, but it had windows, was actually light-filled and spacious. It looked entirely different. We painted over the legally questionable images and created a more neutral space, which could be dressed up for all kinds of different promotions and celebrations. Did we get some pushback? Yes, absolutely. But once we explained about the spiders and the mouse droppings and intellectual property violations, that usually turned into support. 
And then we were able to ask for input from our users for how the room could look instead and got them on board. Last year, when I was interviewing librarians around the country about their goals and dreams and accomplishments and challenges, one elementary school librarian shared with me that uh, she was looking at her library one day and started wondering how it really looked to her young students. So she literally got down on her knees to better appreciate their visual perspective. And then she started making some changes. She realized that many of her displays and promotions weren't even visible to her smaller children. So she moved things down and around to make her library more welcoming, inclusive, and engaging for her kids. It's brilliant. I love that idea of getting down literally on the physical level of younger patrons um, or patrons, you know, that for whatever reason have a different visual perspective than you do to really appreciate how the room looks and feels to them. So take an honest look at your library. If it's in your power to do so, start decluttering, removing outdated displays and decorations, and putting up more current, engaging, and inclusive decor and displays. And if you're not the decision maker, by all means, approach that person and and make your case for a refresh of the library space. You and your users will be glad you did. Are you a school librarian using the same library lesson plans from, say, five years ago? Or maybe an academic librarian still resisting digitization of your collections? Or maybe you're a public librarian convinced that you have no talent for creating engaging programming. If you're holding on to any ideas like these, it's time to let it go. Compared to weeding your collection or refreshing your physical space, eliminating old ideas and thought forms can be much more challenging. There are a lot of reasons for that, but for one thing, it can be really hard to see our own outdated ideas and preferences and assumptions that impact our behavior and our work. It's it's also easy to become attached to certain things, certain books that we love and want to share with our students and and maybe not realize that those books aren't as engaging and or meaningful to our current students. I know I became guilty of this as a school librarian, that there were certain books I loved to, to read and share at certain times of the year. And after a while, you know, I loved them, but the kids didn't necessarily relate to them. Are you making an effort to keep up with the newest releases and incorporating those into your story times or lessons? If not, then consider shifting that. I believe you'll have more fun and so will your students or your patrons if if you do that. The same goes for preferred research resources and sites or methods of delivering instruction. Are you staying current with the professional literature and continuously integrating new best practices and sources into your work? 
Have you become fluent with your institution's learning management system? Or have you learned Zoom well enough to engage students effectively in the virtual classroom? I mean, you may have been using those things because of the pandemic for the last year, but have you really worked to use them to maximum benefit? And maybe that belief that you're no good at creative activities like programming isn't based on anything real at all. Maybe it's just some leftover remnant of an unsuccessful creative attempt in your past. Just because you didn't do well in the past or someone, maybe a teacher, criticized your creative attempts doesn't mean you can't produce a quality product today. So if you find yourself reluctant to venture into the programming arena or the social media promotional world or any other creative area of librarianship, take a deep breath and just dive in. Give it a try or work cooperatively with a more confident colleague. You might be surprised to find that you have an aptitude after all, and all you need is to practice to gain some ability. At the very least, steal some ideas from those library influencers I talked about in my episode 17, So You Want to Be a School Librarian which you can find at masterfullibrarian.com slash EP-17. Or get some ideas from some of ALA's movers and shakers or other library influencers who are always sharing their best work on social media. As I've told you before, I'm a big believer in not reinventing the wheel. Sometimes tapping into someone else's genius And creative ideas will prime your own creative pump and get you started. So there you have it. Make a regular ongoing practice of weeding your collections, keeping your libraries clutter-free and welcoming, and refreshing your own mindsets and professional practices. These combined disciplines will keep your work inspired your viewpoint expansive, and your libraries enticing to everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Masterful Librarian Podcasts. Please share the show with other librarians who also want to achieve greater relevance, meaning, and impact in a rapidly changing world. If you're listening on the Apple iTunes app, please review the show. Until next time, keep making a difference. Bye now.